Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Danica. Thanks to all of you that have been working so hard for VBS this week as we are in this series called Go Fish. This is uh, really what VBS is all about. It is all about being fishers of people. And so we have been in this three-week series that we are on the third week of here today, all on this one verse of the Bible, Matthew 4.19. Matthew 4.19, where Jesus calls out to Peter and Andrew, and he says, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Come follow me and I'll show you how to fish for people. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men in some other translations. And uh, this three-week series has been going through this phrase by phrase. The first week of Jesus calls us to follow him. What we do as Christians is it means to be a follower of Jesus. And so he is the leader and we are the followers. We follow him. So we remember that. And then that next part, either I will show you or I will make you, that's Jesus saying that, I will make you into, I will show you how to do what I'm calling you to do. God will empower us to do it. Last week, Brian preached a a great message to inspire and encourage us to be able to do that, to be dependent on the Spirit of God for that. And then today we get into what does that mean to be fishers of people. Okay, we're to be fishers of people. Now, I was thinking about this passage uh, about a week and a half ago. I went with uh, a couple buddies of mine, uh, Scott Van Essen, part of this church, another friend of ours named Eric. And this guy, Eric, bought a boat recently, a couple years ago, this little sort of tugboat-looking boat, and it can sleep the three of us. So Scott and Eric and I went out across the channel, and I was a little scared with an actual friend of mine being, you know, trusting a friend to take you out into the open sea. This friend of mine is really awesome, but a little crazy too, so I was a little bit scared. And uh, so we go out, we're doing great, but we just had this amazing time in Catalina for a couple nights and uh, doing some, just having some fun, you know? And one of those things we did was, was fishing. But uh, I was uh, watching, what I was doing was I was like on the back of the boat had this little like inflatable dock and I put the snorkeling goggles on and the snorkel in and I just dipped my head into the water and then in this like, you can see this water was like crystal clear and only like 15 feet deep. And I just stuck my head in, and then Eric was fishing. And I was watching his, he had a little jig, this little lure kind of thing that looks like a little bait fish, and he, like, makes it swim around. And I was just, like, watching fishing happen. I don't know, I've just, like, never done that. I'm not, like, a big, you know, bass fishing TV show guy or whatever, but, like, I, I was just watching this and just like, whoa, this is cool. And there were so many fish, like, following it around, and you could see it, like, as he's moving it back and forth, you could see them chasing after it, but maybe because it wasn't real, they didn't bite. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that was fine. I don't care. But I was trying to think of like this illustration for this a little bit. But um, within that, they, they weren't necessarily biting. But it was so cool to see them going after and like fishing happen. Like, and some of these things that as we are called to be fisher, fishers of people, how can we even think about this? What does that mean to be a fisher of people? Now, we have to be a little careful with any analogy or metaphor, figurative language in the Bible. Sometimes you can get like maybe a little bit too far with it because like we don't 
Like, our mission is not to actually, like, capture people and kill them and eat them. Like, like that's not what we're doing. And if you just take it a little too far, like, ah, you know, and even, like, the armor of God, we don't actually go take swords and shields and go fight. That's not what we are doing. And Jesus isn't actually a loaf of bread, even though he says, I am the bread of life. Like, so we recognize metaphor, we recognize the figure of language. So we don't want to take it too far, but we want to be able to learn from that because Jesus, what he's doing is he applies making disciples to the everyday lives of these guys, Peter, Andrew, James, John, as he's talking to them. He's like, hey, let me apply what this is to do this mission I'm calling you to do to make disciples. Let me apply it to your everyday life since they were fishermen. He says, all right, I want you to no longer be fishers of fish, but you are now fishers of people. I want to just, I want to completely redirect the mission of your life. What your life is about is going to shift and move and change into being fishers of people. And so, you know, maybe if that, you know, means that you're a construction worker, you are no longer only builders of houses, but you are builders of people. If you are, uh, I don't know, I was trying to think of like some other of these. If you're a doctor, then you're not just healing bodies, you're healing souls. And this is my favorite one, okay? If you're an IT person, you're not just rebooting computers, you're rebooting the hearts. <laughs> it's so bad, right? It's so bad, it's good. It's like the movie Congo. I don't know if you've seen it. It's so bad, it's good. But like, it's that sort of a moment. But just for you to think about this message is for you. This message isn't just for some of these people on the Sea of Galilee a couple thousand years ago. God is calling you to think about your life and how your life can still continue to be about fixing computers or building houses or teaching or selling software. I don't know what your job is about, but he's saying, hey, your everyday life can continue to have that, but shift your mission in life to be a fisher of people. For God, we are now fishers of people. And so some things even that, okay, what do, you, what do you fishermen do? Like a couple things. Okay, well, they find where the fish are, right? So we want to kind of like think this through for ourselves. Like how can we go where the people are that need to hear the story of Jesus? How do we cast our net and then recognize that it's not us that does the work? I will make you. I will show you. God will do that work of recognizing the yield is up to him but we are faithful and cast our nets, that we even think about what's in our tackle box. What are the tools that we have that God has given us? And so today we're gonna to talk a lot about some of those tools. We're gonna to do some practical things that I think will help us when it comes to being fishers of people, both in the sense of fishers of new disciples and in our ongoing discipleship. And I like this, like, I was like, what in the world is a fisher of people without actually killing and eating them. And I think it's this, someone who helps people get in Jesus's boat. How do we help people get into Jesus's boat? That's what we want to be about. I saw just in, in prep for this, this quote by Thomas Aquinas, who lived back in the 1200s, right? This, this guy, and he says this, how wonderful is fishing. For fish when they are caught soon die. But when men are caught by the word of preaching, are soon made alive. He was even wrestling with this illustration, this analogy, right? He's like, okay, it's not going to death. We are actually being taken from death to life, that we are being fished 
out of the sea of chaos and death and being rescued. And so maybe being a fisher of people is a little more like this, like a Coast Guard rescue crew who is jumping into the water to rescue people from drowning, right? And so we are called to that. We are called to jump in and rescue people. Obviously, it's God that does the rescuing, but that's what we are on mission for. One other um, sort of illustration, this is one of those classic, old classic illustrations. If you've been around, maybe you've heard this before, you've been around the church for a long time, but uh, it's this analogy of the church as a life-saving station. The church as a life-saving station. There's these life-saving stations. It's kind of more on the East Coast. I think you'd see these around the coasts and like the rough areas of the coast. And these life-saving stations are designed that if there's a, a ship in distress or it's gone ashore or crashed into the rocks at some spot, people like instantly mobilize. They're here at the life-saving station. They're going to go out and rescue the people who are drowning. And so sort of as this story goes, there was this life-saving station that was doing a great job. They built this life-saving station. They're going out. They're rescuing people. They're all about rescuing people. They're getting some more people involved in that. As they rescue people, those people are wanting to get involved in the life-saving station, and it's growing. But then it's kind of like over time, they're, they like hanging out with each other, and they sort of start just sort of hanging out more, and it becomes a little bit more of like a social club than a life-saving station. And so, but then there's this minority of people who are like, no, 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 we need to be about rescues. We need to be about going out and saving the lives, right? And then there, people are like, no, no, dude, we, we like what we've got. And so they, those people leave and they start another life-saving station down the coast a little bit. And they're like fired up and they're going out and they're rescuing people and they're doing the thing. And then after a little while, uh, as the story goes, those people also kind of are like, well, we enjoy hanging out. And it becomes a little bit more of a social club. And then another and another and another. And the story says that there now is this coastline filled with social clubs and a bunch of ships run aground and everyone drowns. That's the illustration of the life, the gut punch of the illustration. And so we have to ask ourselves, has the church become a social club rather than a life-saving station? And to consider, where am I when it comes to that? Am I caring about being a fisher of people, a Coast Guard rescue crew to pull people out of the sea and into life in Christ? And it's a bit, it's a bit, a bit guilt-inducing, that, uh, that illustration, and I get it. I remember hearing that when I was young, but I think it's really important for us to use as, as an as a evaluation, as a way of thinking through, like, where am I? Let me reflect on that. What am I about? What am I doing? Am I a disciple of Jesus who is making disciples who are making disciples? And we've come up with a bit of a, a definition here at Calvary, at least, of what we are saying a disciple is and what discipleship is. And it's simply this. A disciple is one who loves and follows Jesus. One who loves and follows Jesus. We believe that the love part has to be in there because the greatest commandment Jesus says is to love God and to love your neighbor. 
That's the greatest commandment and the like 1B second greatest commandment to love people. And then he has sent us out on that great commission or what Brian even talked about last week, the great certainty that we can be certain that God will fulfill this mission is that we go out and we make disciples. We go and along the way we are making disciples. That's that evangelism part. We baptize them and then it says teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, Jesus says. And so that's this ongoing discipleship. So we're teaching them all about that. That's what that means to make disciples. But he says, I will be with you. So discipleship is then learning to love like Jesus. How? By giving away what we've received. By giving away what we've received. So we want to love in the way that Jesus did by giving away what we've received. We've received the good news of, of Christ, the gospel. We want to give that away. We've received even just like power from the spirit of God. We want to help people understand that. Give that away. We've received help from friends and family and mentors and teachers and preachers in all sorts of different ways. We want to also then those things that we've received in that way, we want to give that away. We share that. And that's how we continue to make disciples. And so for both making new disciples and for ongoing discipleship, it's going to require a few things of us. It's going to require a lot more than these three, but these are a few I want us to think about today. Okay, we're going to go talk about these a little bit uh, in more detail of, okay, if we want to be about this, we believe that God has called us to be about this, then these are a few that we need to focus on aspects of it. One, dependence. Two, meaningful conversations. And three, knowing what you have received. Okay, so let me, let me walk you through what I mean by all of these. The first, the first is dependence. We've been talking about dependence a lot these last few years. We are de- fully dependent upon the power of God for all things. And so prayer is just a huge part of what we are about. So we want to seek God, listen to God, be led by the Spirit. In everything we do, we're empowered by the Spirit in everything we do. That's also part of why we even like continually try to remind you about practicing Sabbath. Because practicing Sabbath, resting, is this way that we say, okay, Lord, I believe and I will practice the fact that you will complete the work. I don't need to do it all. I believe that you will complete it, so I will rest and believe that you will continue to work and complete the work that you have started. That's a part of Sabbath where we are dependent, and it helps us practice that kind of dependence. But that dependence is also like really a lot about prayer. We we even saw a few weeks ago where where Jesus prayed all night before he chose the 12. He's just up all night praying, praying, praying. I uh, I even woke up in the night last night, and I uh, was praying, praying for today, praying for VBS, praying for God to work in all sorts of different ways. I I think, I said this then, I believe this now, like when God wakes you up in the night, see that as an opportunity for prayer, not a lack of sleep, okay? So lean into it, go for it, pray. Um, And then, and so we're constantly praying. And we've got some ways that we've talked about prayer here that I want to remind you of and I want to get you to do. Uh, We we say we pray at 10.02 every single day. And we do that uh, because of Luke 10.2, where it says that the harvest is ripe, but the workers are few. So cry out to the Lord of the harvest, send workers, send workers into the harvest. And whenever I pray that, I say, okay, Lord, first send me. God, send me into the harvest. 
send me into the harvest, but send more, send more workers into across the street and across the world, Lord, send more into the harvest. And then I pray this chow prayer, and I joke that it's like sort of the worst acronym ever, but with a really good meaning. And so I like it, but um, it's the chow prayer is to pray for these four things. And I think this is actually really, really helpful for you to be praying for more dependence for making disciples. And it, so you're praying for courage, Lord, give me courage, give me boldness when we are scared to share our faith or we're scared to even kind of like lean into a more um, like meaningful or serious conversation with someone. Like, Lord, give me the courage to be that kind of person that's willing to take those steps into that. And then, Lord, give me the heart as well. Like, give me a love for people. Give me a, a passion for this. Maybe I feel like I, in my flesh, I just don't care. I don't care about any of this. But God, give me a heart that does care. So we ask God for that. And then we say, Lord, give me opportunities, open doors, moments that I can share the gospel with someone, moments that I can lean into um, just even like helping someone else grow in their faith in that way. And then finally, words to say. Lord, give me words to say. We, it says in the scriptures that the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. So we ask him for that and we believe that. So courage, heart, opportunities, and words to say. We pray that every day at 1002. So I would ask you, I would ask you, set an alarm on your phone. If you haven't done this yet, set an alarm that will go off every day at 1002. I have mine actually set to go off every day except Sunday because my phone's usually down at my seat and I'm usually up here. Uh, but every day at 1002. And it even can like, it went off yesterday. I was with a group of friends uh, and it like went off while I was there. We were eating like eating brunch. And I just like, I didn't like be like, everyone, you need to all stop and we're going to pray now the 1002 prayer. I just kind of like had a moment where I like, I, okay, Lord, yeah, and then kind of moved on. Like, it's, it, it can be like that even, all right? So it's just a recognizing of our dependence on the Lord. So I encourage you in that. Be dependent. This is not about you. You might feel very unqualified for any of this, and you likely are. But guess what? God will make you qualified. He will equip you. He will prepare you. He will give you what you need. So cry out to the Lord of the harvest to send workers and the first one of those workers yourself ask for that. And then we go into this whole thing of meaningful discipleship conversations. Now, I'm going to explain this. And while I explain this, some folks are going to pass out some papers. Oh, yes, you are getting a handout. All right. So as they do that, thank you, friends, that are going to do this. I will explain a little bit of what we're doing. Because I think that... For us today in our culture, whether that's Orange County culture, whether that's America culture, whether that's just the whole world, I don't know. I don't know what's the deal with it, but it feels like we have a hard time stepping into more meaningful conversations. It's easy to talk about nothing. It's easy to talk small talk. Uh, maybe it's, that's actually even hard for you as well. I don't know. But I want us to kind of like think about leaning into more meaningful conversations now, um, as these are going around, if you are watching online, you can also go to calvarylife.org disciple or go to that QR code and you can find this, a PDF of this. So yeah, if you forget this, if you don't take this home with you and you're curious about it later, you can find this at calvarylife.org disciple. All these sermons are there, all sorts of like other resources for you as well. Now, one side of this paper says discipleship inventory reflections. The other side on the right column says discipleship conversations. 
I want to start there with discipleship conversations. And I just want you to see this. It's just like a little thing for you to think about, a little tool for you to use. And it simply is just saying, let's be curious about people's lives and ask good questions. The way to get into meaningful conversations is to ask good questions, to be curious. Like we can't, we're not ever going to be able to talk about Jesus with someone if we can't just talk about something beyond the score of the game last night, right? Like we, we have to like even first be able to just have some form of, of, of decent, meaningful conversation. And uh, I think it was Andrew Carnegie that said, be more interested than interesting. Care about being more interested than interesting. So if you're like just trying to be cool or trying to be eloquent or trying to be smart, stop that. Stop trying to be interesting. Be interested in people's lives and be asking them and curious about their lives. And so this could be, you could even like memorize some of like the the categories. This could help you. Just in life, I just want to help us be able to do this more as we mature as people, as believers. History questions. Where are you from? Hey, where are you from? What was it like there? Do you have any kind of faith background? you grew up in any of that? Like, what was that like for you? Who influenced your views on God or faith in this world? Then transitions, where are you, where are you now? Just kind of like, what's life like going on right now for you? Uh, then principles, how'd you get here? How'd you get to the place you are in life? How'd you get to this job? That you're at? Like, how'd you get to this place that you live? Like, what's your story been a little bit? Uh, and then even within that, how'd you get here with what you think about things of religion or faith or spiritual things. Like who's the spiritual person you most admire? Who do you rely on for life or spiritual advice? If you could ask God one question, what would it be? Just kind of like draw out some interesting conversation. And then into goals, where are you going? What are your hopes for the future? People like this one, if you could give a million dollars to any charity, who would it be and why? Just get people kind of thinking outside of themselves. And then into like, what is your expectation of life after death? Where will you go and why? But sometimes I think we need to ask some, some of these kind of questions rather than just like, some, some people are kind of like, you walk up to somebody and they're like, tell me where you're gonna go when you die and tell me why God should let you into his heaven. You know, like instantly and you're just like, whoa, bro, like I don't even know who you are. And so it's just like a little bit, yes, that's important to ask. That's important to get to, but just let's be a little thoughtful about how we do this. We're first very dependent, and then we're also getting into meaningful conversations. And this can be also just helpful for like an ongoing discipleship as you're trying to encourage a brother or sister in the Lord. You're just asking some meaningful questions, getting into more meaningful talk as people. I think that is really important for us. And to recognize that God created you uniquely And God placed you specifically where you are to share the gospel in the way that's best for you. That he has shaped you uniquely. The gospel message never changes, but the way that you express and deliver that will will like adapt and change to all sorts of different people and all sorts of different situations. It's not a presentation, it's a conversation. So let's have good conversations and trust in the power of God to help us with that. And then, so that's that part. Now, this last part is knowing what you've received, right? Now, that goes along with the whole thing of what is a disciple and what is discipleship. Well, discipleship's learning to love like Jesus by giving away what we've received. 
So if we're supposed to give away what we've received, we better like, have some sense of knowledge like, okay, what have I received? And really, you've got to start with, you've received the good news. You've received salvation in Jesus Christ. You've received the love of God, the love of God pouring out over you. And to recognize, I have received this. And I'm able then to give that away to others. But there's so much more that we have the opportunity to give away. So I wanted to give you a resource that, like, we've had a full, like, team of people, like, like kind of thinking about this and working on this. this. This list, this discipleship inventory reflections, okay? So this list has, like, a bunch, like a ton, right? So there's, like, three full columns on the front and back of this page full of stuff that are ways that you could have received from, some, from God or from someone else, something you could have received. So I'll just like read a few. Like, help me understand how to pray. In my discipleship journey, someone help me understand how to pray. Someone help me discover and use my spiritual gifts. Down the middle, help me understand the purpose of fasting. A little lower, like someone taught me a biblical perspective on sexuality. In the top right, you know, someone cried with me in a time of need. Someone uh, taught me how to encourage others or modeled for me how to be honest with God. Showed me how to lead a Bible study. Showed me how to articulate the gospel. Uh, helped me understand the value of generosity. Or helped me with my marriage or my kids. Or helped me in my singleness. Whatever like, kind of stage of life you are. There's all sorts of ways that we could have received from someone else. Someone's helped us with something. And so what I want you to do today is to, in a moment here, I'm going to give you a little time to like check the boxes that are true for you. Okay, so you'll, you'll, we're going to do this here during church, okay? You're gonna, just going to check the boxes that are true of your life, that at some point in your life, someone helped you do, like experience this or do this. Um, and then what this will do for you, what I want you to get, okay, is that at the end of that, after you've checked a bunch of these boxes, you then now have a bunch of things that you have received. You've acknowledged these are things I have received, and guess what? That means now you have some things you can give away to others to be able to give away what you've received. Because I wholeheartedly want you to believe that you are much more qualified and equipped to disciple others than you have ever thought. God has been preparing and equipping you throughout your life. He has been giving to you through people, through his spirit. He has been giving things to you that you now have the ability to give away. But you'll also discover something else that I think is kind of cool. You'll discover some gaps, some opportunities to grow. So if you're not checking the boxes, that's not bad. I don't want you to be like, oh, I've only checked five boxes. That's, that's awesome. You've checked five boxes. That's cool. But guess what? Now you have the opportunity to say, like, hey, like, Tom, can you help me, you know, to be able to grow in this area that I'm not as strong in or whatever? Like, hey, can you help me with that? Can you be a friend to me when I'm lonely? Okay, thank you, thank you. Okay, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's what, like, that kind of thing. Like, so just recognize that this is also showing you some opportunities that you have for growth, because that's discipleship. We need to be being discipled as well. 
So what I want you to do is you're gonna do this thing. Now you're gonna freak out about part of it and it's gonna be okay, but I bet we'll have some bathroom visits. Uh, okay, so what we're gonna do is <laughs> we are, what I wanna ask you to do is we're gonna take a few minutes just to fill that out, check every box, probably some of you have already started. There's pens in the back of the seats. There's pens kind of scattered throughout if you need to get up or if you need to find like a mom with a purse that's probably got 10. You know, you can just figure it out. Find a pen and then, um, and then just check the boxes that are true for you. In your discipleship journey, someone has helped you with this kind of a thing. And then what I want you to do is identify the three you feel most sort of confident and comfortable with sharing about, okay? The three you feel most comfortable and confident. And then you'll eventually pick the one you feel ultimately most comfortable with, and then I'm gonna ask you to get in little groups of three and share. But let's take a few minutes, check the boxes. I'm gonna interrupt you in a couple minutes, okay? Go. If you, feel, if you feel like you have like a doubt about it, just leave it blank. Or if you're kind of questionable, like, ah, I'm not sure, just leave it blank, it's fine.
Can we do like a hands up if any more time? I, fig I figure it's a lot, but I just want to double, okay, we're gonna watch this go down. <laughs> If you've checked all the, uh, your boxes, you can pick your top three then. Remember, make sure you pick your top three and then pick your one you feel most comfortable sharing for one minute about. There is a space for other at the very end that if you have just something that we didn't think of, that's totally fine, you can add to it. Ten out of two, good job, whoever that was. Okay, so what you're gonna do, you can keep checking boxes, I'm just gonna explain the next part. You are going to, in a moment, not yet, but get into groups of three to four. Sort of like, if you wanna go like, like high, high level, you know, you're looking for like the advanced, maybe not with the people you're sitting next to. <laughs> I'm not gonna also force you, like, it's fine, okay? But three, groups of three to four, and uh, three is like ideal, um, just for time, just a little more time to share. And then, um, so you're all gonna get in groups of four. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, but this is where then you could just pick the one that you feel most comfortable with. And then just to share maybe a little bit of the story of how you received that, you could share. Or you could try to like actually just share about that. Like, oh, I mean, you're not gonna like teach all of church history or something if that was, you know, that one right now. But it could be, oh, wow, yeah, this person like helped me learn how to lead a Bible study. And here's a couple thoughts I have on what that should look like if you're leading a small group discussion about the scriptures. Um, or it could be that, you know, someone modeled healthy grieving in a time of loss. And here's some of what I've learned and experienced and what I think could help you if you go through this kind of a time in your life. So why don't you then now go ahead, get into groups of three to four and each person share for about a minute or two. Okay, ready, set, go. I'll interrupt at the end.
Two-minute warning. Two-minute warning. You got two more minutes, everybody. Two more minutes. All right, 30, 30 seconds, guys. Wrap up the conversation. 30 seconds. All right, let's go ahead and make our way back to our seats. So here's what I want to help you think about with this, okay, real quick, as you regather. Um, this is kind of like those times that we have of prayer, where we have a little time of practice, listening prayers, some other times when we gather like this and pray together in our services. What I intend this is to be like a time to experiment, a time to practice. You've practiced giving away what you've received just now. You've talked about something that you've received and maybe helped another person in that. Take this practice and go out into the real world and now live that, like get active in the game of giving away what you've received. Whether that's with like people that are fellow believers and you're helping them grow in their faith or if that's making new disciples, you're sharing the love and grace of Jesus Christ with people who have never heard it or people who've never responded to it. And so we have the chance to give away what we've received. So that's my, my heart, my challenge, my encouragement to you is that we want to be a group of people who aren't just a social club. We are a life-saving station that goes out and fishes for people and sees people both meet a, the God of the universe, Jesus Christ, who loves them deeply and wants them to be saved. That we are on mission with him and to help one another grow, and for us to grow as well. So let me pray for all this as we respond to God in worship through singing. Heavenly Father, I pray that um, you'd be working in each one of our lives, God, giving us what we need. Some of us might need boldness, Lord, courage that comes from you. Or some of us might need to even have our, our heart, our passion, our love for people increased. Lord, and I pray for, for all of us to have these open doors and opportunities 
to be able to share with others, God. And then I do pray, God, that you would give us the words to say and that we would trust you that you will give us the words to say and whatever words are said are enough, God. And so, Lord, we depend on you. We trust in you. And we pray that we would see both our church but also our community, our neighborhoods transformed and the world as well. So God, minister to us now. May we respond to you, glorify you, give you the worship you deserve now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing together.